For most schools around the country, it's a rare occurrence to win a conference championship, all the more so to bring home the natty. But then there's UNC. North Carolina isn't most schools. And on Sunday, the Tar Heels brought home a baseball ACC championship and a women's lacrosse national championship. Not too shabby. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, May 30th, 2022, Memorial Day. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels website. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So please go right now and subscribe. If you're listening, you can subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. If you're watching, hit subscribe right there on YouTube. And while you're at it, would you smash the like button and leave a comment celebrating all these incredible championships? Uh, very seriously, I mentioned when I said the date that today is Memorial Day. And so just want to take a moment to say thank you. Um, obviously, if, if you're watching this, you are... Um, a sports fan and you know what we get to enjoy as sports fans and so if, if there's someone um, in your life who has lost a family member um, as a service member please if you would take a second to reach out and thank them today and if you are somebody watching who has a family member that paid that sacrifice for our country um, thank you and my condolences well, on Sunday, if you tuned to one of the two major ESPN networks in the noon Eastern time hour, you would have been flooded with Carolina Blue. Why? Because the Women's Lacrosse National Championship was on ESPN and the Men's ACC Baseball Championship was on ESPN2. And so you were treated to that nice healthy dose of Tar Heels. And so we're going to start by talking about the Women's Lacrosse National Championship. For, for these Tar Heels, man, they have just been right there on the doorstep each of the past several tournaments. Four Final Fours in a row, in fact, and so they finally got over the hump. So many opportunities these past several years, and an, another promising year wiped out by COVID. Seriously, they finally put it together. 2018, this would be Jamie Ortega's freshman year. They were the overall two seed, lost 15 to 12 to James Madison in the semifinals in the final four. 2019, they were the number three overall seed, lost 15 to 14 to who? Boston College. In 2020, COVID 2021, last year, the number one overall seed, final four, lost 11 to 10 to Boston College. So not only have they not won the national championship, they haven't even made the national championship game, but they've made the final four each of those past three years. And as you know, they made the final four again this year uh, on Friday while we were away from each other on Locked on Tar Heels for the weekend. An insane comeback to beat Northwestern to advance the national championship. We'll get there in a second. But then yesterday, Sunday, did it a phenomenal victory over Boston College to claim the third national championship in Carolina women's lacrosse history. The other two coming in 2013 
in 2016. And so over the span uh, of a decade, the Tar Heels have won three national championships. That is insanely impressive. Coach Jenny Levy and her team doing it right. This season, the Tar Heels finished 22-0. That's a school record for wins, the first undefeated season in school history, and the first undefeated national championship uh, undefeated national champion, excuse me, in the country since 2017 and just the 11th ever. This Tar Heels team goes down with a bunch of elite company. How about this? Not only did they go undefeated, it's not just beating up on Joe Schmo. 16 of these 22 victories were against ranked opponents. Nine of them versus top 10 teams. That's right. Carolina played nine top 10 teams this season and beat every one of them. And maybe even more impressive, they played five top five teams and knocked every single one of them off, including North Carolina beating these same Boston College Eagles three times this season. They were 3-0 and versus what was essentially the second best team in the country as we know now. And those three victories, one was at Boston College, one was in the ACC championship game, and one was in this national championship game. And so just crazy impressive stuff that these Tar Heels have done. If you watched the national championship game, it was a knockdown drag out fight. It, it did seem in the first quarter like maybe Carolina would be able to find a comfortable victory, but never had more than a three-goal lead. They were leading 5-2 to two at the end of the first quarter, but then Boston College just methodically and periodically worked their way back into the game. In fact, took an 8-7 lead in the third quarter. Um, however, Ali Mastriani tied it up in the last minute of the third quarter, 8-8, eight to eight, heading into the fourth quarter, the final quarter. I mean, just such intense excitement. Hopefully you had a chance to check this out and then uh, as, as you know, because you're watching this and you care about it, the Tar Heels reeled off uh, four goals to two goals for Boston College in that fourth quarter, although one of those for BC was in the final 15 seconds. And so essentially in the time that mattered, the Tar Heels were able to um, outscore Boston College four to one in the final quarter and then just had to survive a final faceoff. Uh, got that, were able to throw the ball in the air, ball game, national championship, Tar Heels win. Like, if you're watching this, you probably feel like me. I was stressed out. I was like, these ladies have done so much over the last four or five years. They just need to win this national championship. And it, it seemed very much in doubt, but they pulled it out. Jamie Ortega for her career. What an insane career it's been. Final four every year that a national championship was held. 2020, they likely would have made it that far, but COVID canceled that. Here, here's the stat that blows my mind. I, I was looking at this today, just tracking back through her career. Jamie Ortega, in her five years in Chapel Hill, played 91 games. She had at least one point, which would be a goal or assist, in 90 of those 91 games, including the final 85 games of her career. One more time, just to make sure you're catching that. Jamie Ortega scored at least one point in 90 of her 91 career games, including the final 85 in a row. That's just insane. And it was so funny. If you watched the match, you noticed uh, Jamie Ortega had that breakaway goal in the fourth quarter. No one nearer 
and that that served to tie the game up. And so I was texting with Jamie about it on Sunday afternoon afterwards, just to tell her congrats. And we talked about that goal. And she said, like, you just don't even think about the athletes singing to these things. But she said, oh, man, I was just I was going to be so embarrassed if I missed it. (laughs) And so really funny that um, just even in these high level athletes, they go through a lot of those same thoughts you and I do as we're watching the game. But uh, Jamie buried the shot and the Tar Heels went on to win. Uh, Taylor Moreno, huge, huge saves. Had 11 of them in the national championship game uh, to help Carolina hold on to this victory. And, and we'll get to another very important game uh, save she had in another game here in just a second. Um, Sam Geiersbach, like what, what a tournament for her. In, in the Northwestern match in the semifinals, scored the final four goals. Um, to, to do that, led off the scoring to start the national championship, wound up as the MOP, most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament. Congratulations, Sam, to you. She scored on five straight, no, excuse me, six straight shot attempts. She scored on her final five shot attempts of the Northwestern game and then uh, scored the first goal of the national championship game on her first shot attempt. So scored six straight shot attempts, six straight goals. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, And as good as the national championship was, hopefully you caught the semifinal, the first final four game on Friday as Carolina played Northwestern. Here's just, Carolina ended up winning, obviously, uh, because they moved on to the national championship. It was 15 to 14. At one point, they were down six to nothing. They were down by as many as eight to Northwestern. They were down still seven goals with only 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Wrap your brain around that. You're down seven with 10 minutes left in the game. In the final four, like it's over. I, I heard from several people this weekend who are like, yeah, I, I turned my TV off or my computer off, whatever. Um, but then the Tar Heels went on an 8-0 run over the final 9-15, eight goals in a row in nine minutes and 15 seconds. Um, to take that 15-14 lead and then hold on to it with, I mentioned Taylor Moreno had another huge save. With 28 seconds left, Northwestern had this like point-blank shot on Moreno to tie it up. And she blocked it, saved it, and then the Tar Heels were able to hold on from there. Crazy, crazy impressive. Um, after the game, Brian Ives, who um, is, is a Carolina grad, you might uh, follow him on Twitter and see a bunch of his great stats. He works for ESPN, was a, a producer for a long time for um, Game Day, and now works specifically with ACC Network. But um, he mentioned that Northwestern led for 56 minutes and 42 seconds of this match. The match was tied for 2 minutes and 15 seconds, and then the Tar Heels led for just 63 seconds of the semifinal. I want to give um, Adam Lucas the final word of this opening segment because he just hit on a great stat following this national championship victory for the women's lacrosse team. He said this on Twitter. With the UNC women's lacrosse NCAA title today, he tweeted that out on Sunday, every four-year UNC student who started school since 1977 has been on campus for at least one Tar Heel national title. Those original students, 
are now 63 years old. So that means if you were a Carolina student and you enrolled at 1977 through the present, you witnessed or, you know, there there was at least one national championship of some type, team or individual, during your four years in Chapel Hill. Remarkable, remarkable stat. Well, while this lacrosse championship was happening on ESPN, their baseball counterparts were taking care of business over on the deuce on ESPN2. We're going to talk about that baseball ACC championship in just a moment, but first let me tell you about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. So find all the latest odds, news, and developments, including the NBA playoffs, which uh, we found out yesterday the Celtics won Game 7 over the East, so we know it's going to be Celtics and Warriors in the finals. MLB base, MLB scores, MLB baseball. That's redundant. Come on, Shade. Uh, fights, and even this upcoming season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. I want to encourage you also to check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's got the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, plus our Locked On take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Okay, okay, okay. Tar Heel, the Diamond Heels are your 2022 ACC champs. We all saw that coming, right? No siree, Bob. It seemed as unlikely as the Carolina basketball team, men's basketball team, that is, making a run to their national championship game. Wow. Uh, on Sunday, Carolina 9-5 victory over who? The Wolf Puppies. That's right, NC State in the ACC Championship game. Carolina the 8 seed, NC State the 10, and the Tar Heels bring it home. 9-5 sounds a little close. It was not that close. The Tar Heels took an 8-1 lead in the third inning and really never looked back. Put on, Tacked on that one insurance run to get up to 9. It was 9-3. In the ninth inning, and NC State scored two essentially meaningless two-out runs to, to close it to a 9-5 gap, but it just never felt that close. So, huge congrats to head coach Scott Forbes for achieving this in just his second season as the head coach of the Tar Heels taking over for long-tenured Mike Fox. I, I joked about mirroring the men's basketball team, but very seriously, the run the baseball team has been on these last several weeks is very reminiscent to uh, many of us watching of what the basketball team did. You know, you've got a, a coach at essentially the beginning of his head coaching career. You've got a team that's um, not lived up to expectations for the majority of the year and all of a sudden just takes off, boom, off and running. And so now the baseball team has won 15 of their last 17. Now, that's impressive in any sport to win 15 of 17. But in baseball, where you know you're, you just don't go on those types of winning streaks, this is insane what the baseball team has done. And so I hope you can appreciate just how silly this run is of winning 15 of 17. For the Tar Heels, it is their 12th ever ACC championship, their 8th 
since the conference has gone to a tournament format dating back to 1973. As you would imagine, if you kept tabs on any of this tournament or, or watched any of it, Vance Honeycutt, outstanding freshman player for the Tar Heels, was named the MVP of the ACC tournament. Specifically on Sunday, he homered twice, had five RBIs, helped set the tone early in the game, and the Tar Heels were off and running. This dude is kind of an anomaly in what he's able to do. Kind of similar to, uh, you think of what Ronald Acuna is doing for the Braves, of having this crazy power, but also speed. That's not really a combination you often think of in baseball. For those of you who uh, don't watch a ton of baseball, often we think of the home run hitters as these burly dudes who, who can't move around very well, like Jose Canseco. Whereas you think of the base stealers as guys that are a little more um, slim, uh, not that they can't hit, but they're, they're built for speed more than power. And so what Honeycutt is doing is insane. In fact, he is the first player in North Carolina program history to both steal 20 bases and hit 20 home runs in the same season. Wow, wow, wow. And so these two home runs he hit on Sunday were numbers 20 and 21. So just hit that mark. In fact, he was one of just two players in all of Division I to achieve that mark this season. Way to go, Vance. What a freshman performance this guy has had. However, uh, for me, probably the most impressive performance of the weekend of the ACC tournament was junior Brandon Schaefer's pitching performance on Friday against Virginia Tech for multiple reasons. Coming into the game, Virginia Tech is the number two team in the nation. And so, you know, for the Tar Heels, it's like, man, we've been having this great run, but uh, we, we've probably done enough to make the NCAA tournament, not be a regional host, but, you know, hey, Number two team in the nation, what are you going to do? Well, my man Schaefer comes out, complete game shut out, and the Tar Heels win 10 to nothing over the Hokies on uh, on Friday to move along to face Notre Dame on Saturday. So to me, this was the single, uh, like, honeycut. What he did is insane. Way to go, Vance. This is impressive. But Schaefer, complete game shut out of the number two team in all of the land. Way to go, brother. That is super impressive. Now, during Sunday's game, if you watched any of the broadcasts, personally, I, I was flipping back and forth uh, between ESPN and ESPN2, trying to keep tabs on both, while also keeping tabs, let's not forget, on the men's golf team, who were in day three of their national championship um, play, and uh, by the way, are in fourth place heading into Monday, day four of competition, and so make sure you check that out today on Monday. Anyway, while the broadcast was going on, they interviewed Brandon Schaefer, and one of the things they asked him was, hey, at, at what point did things click? Where was this revelatory moment for this team? If you remember, the basketball team got asked a lot about that down the stretch. And so Schaefer pointed back to a um, three-game series, a weekend series, at Virginia uh, back in April when Carolina was swept and uh, think you know, just things that are already bleak looked a little more grim at that point. And so, 
that was the moment there where this 15 of 17 streak started was right after that Virginia. And so he said we came back and really kind of looked at ourselves in the face and and got moving on it. And so uh, really interesting what Carolina was able to do there following that series of getting swept in Charlottesville. And listen, y'all, over, over this period... Carolina has jumped way up in in RPI and in strength. All these metrics that you look at, Carolina's right there where you want to be at the top of the heap. And they're doing it with offense and defense. It's not just like they're clobbering people to death or just shutting people down and winning one to nothing. Take their tournament games. 9-2 over Clemson. 10 to nothing over Virginia Tech, 7 to 2 over Notre Dame and 9 to 5 over NC State. And we talked about kind of those garbage runs. But man, when you're adding that up, they're blowing teams out of the water. 9210 I mean, that's just against some of the best teams in all of college baseball. And so really impressive stuff and Carolina's got to keep it going now moving into the regionals. Uh, when you look at some of the insane things that are happening. Danny Ceretti and Angel Zarate are both hitting over 350. Hear me say that again. Both of them are hitting over 350 this season, heading into uh, the ACC Championship on Sunday. Ceretti was hitting 367 and Zarate 357. And so these dudes are just raking right now. Hopefully they can both keep it going. We learned on Sunday that North Carolina would, in fact, they'd done enough to be one of the 16 regional hosts for the NCAA tournament. And uh, we don't know where they rank specifically in order of seed or who the other three teams in their pod will be. That will be released today on Monday at noon Eastern time. And so uh, for those of you uh, listening or watching after uh, the noon part of Monday, you already know the results of that. You know what seed Carolina is and who they're playing. Uh, But as of when I'm recording this, I don't know yet. And so... Congratulations, you know more than me. Uh, Let me just run you through those 16 regional hosts really quick. Uh, We're not going to dwell on or spend much time. We'll talk about that later. But it's Auburn, East Carolina, Florida, Georgia Southern, Louisville, Maryland, Miami, North Carolina, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, Southern Miss, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, and Virginia Tech. If you like to pay attention to conference affiliation, ACC and SEC are tied for the most regional hosts with four each. Big 12 and Pac-12 have two each. And then AAC, Big 10, CUSA, and Sunbelt each have one. Well, once again, on the baseball side of things, I want to give Adam Lucas the last word of this. He was just Johnny on the spot with some stats on Sunday. And so uh, he tweeted this after the baseball team won. On a triumphant Sunday for Carolina Athletics... The Diamond Heels are ACC champs, making it the 267th all-time ACC title for UNC. And I don't know if that's counting both um, regular season championships and um, conference tournament championships, because in some sports you have both, like basketball, for example. But 267 all-time ACC titles for Carolina, and then catch this. 267 was that number. NC State and Duke have a combined 261. So yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, man, what a great time getting to talk about all these Tar Heel champions. But now we have to move and shift our attention from a bunch of Tar Heel champions 
to somebody who decided he didn't want to be a Tar Heel champion, and that is Matthew Meyer, one of the coveted um, basketball transfers who made his selection over the weekend, and as you can guess from my tease, it wasn't the Tar Heels. Where's he headed? We'll talk about it here in just a second. Yes, so Matthew Meyer, this this uh, timeline has been really interesting for him. If you'll remember to when he initially declared for the draft, said his his focus, his goal, his attention was on the NBA draft and staying in it um, and, and not coming back to school. However, just to keep all his options and possibilities open, did enter the transfer portal in conjunction with declaring for the draft. As uh, we know last um, from, from the events of last week, uh, two weekends ago now, excuse me, um, Meyer pulled out of the NBA draft and said he would be coming back to school. Um, we weren't sure where he would go. Would Baylor still be in the mix? Would he be considering only other schools? And, and we found that out late in the week when he announced his final four schools, which included the Tar Heels, along with Illinois, and Memphis, and Texas Tech, which would mean staying in the Big 12. A lot of people thought that could be a viable option because it was close for his family, just a couple hours drive down there. Uh, And a lot of people thought that North Carolina was a very viable option because uh, there's a very obvious slot where he would fit in, where Brady Manick had been in that four slot, um, the, the four position, and... Um, and other thing, you know, just things he would bring to the table that the Tar Heels need. Um, experience in the front court. Um, right now, it's just Armando Baycott, and you know who's going to play that four position. We're not sure yet who's going to back up Baycott. We're not sure yet. It's kind of Justin McCoy at the five, and so Carolina will have to go small ball uh, when Baycott is out of the game as of now. Um, and a lot of that obviously depends on Jalen Washington's health and, and all those things. But again, as we've talked about, he is not a true five by any stretch of the imagination. Anyway, so Matthew Meyer cuts his list down to four. And uh, the the thought is, hey, it's probably North Carolina and Texas Tech is the front runners. People didn't really see him going to Memphis. And then Illinois was like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, whatever. Um, well... He started saying things about wanted to to commit pretty quickly. There had been a dead period, and so nobody had been able to take visits. And so the prevailing thought was that um, now that this dead period is over, as of uh, when we're talking now, that he would go take some visits. But ultimately, he narrowed it down and said, no, I'm not going to take any visits. I'm going to go ahead and decide sooner rather than later. And it seemed like it would be here at some point this week then. Um, But then out of the blue on... Was it Saturday? I'm losing track of all my days. Now, again, this was such a wacky timeline. Um, Meyer came out and said, actually, you know what? I'm going to Illinois. And it just popped up on his Instagram page uh, that that he was going to go and play for Brad Underwood in the Big Ten. And so, all right, that's the choice you made. You know, um, Illinois should be, they weren't as good this year as they were uh, the season before with Io and everyone else. Um, but that, that's where he's going. And so I know for a lot of the Carolina family, there were a lot of people who uh, were excited about the possibility of Matthew Meyer coming and just providing another veteran um, asset to this team. And there were others who were like, nah, we don't want to recruit over the guys that have already been recruited and been here. So the question now becomes with Meyer going elsewhere, 
where did the Tar Heels turn? Well, last week we looked at Pete Nance as a possibility. Um, there's obviously several other names we've heard of. Um, Pat Baldwin Jr., um, you know, that, that might come. Um, and so ultimately now we're getting to the point where Wednesday, uh, two days from now, June 1st, is the deadline to pull out of the draft to maintain your collegiate eligibility. And so all of those guys are in the draft right now. And so we will know more fully by Wednesday or by when they make a decision as to whether Carolina is going to pursue um, somebody else in the transfer portal or whether they're just going to stay pat and probably give that final scholarship to one of the walk-ons. And so uh, at this point, that's up in the air. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But at this point, if you're watching this or listening to it on Monday, just about 48 hours and we should know who is going to be available and who won't be available. So there we are. That's where we're at. No Matthew Meyer. I personally thought it would have been a good fit, um, but he didn't. And who knows, you know, maybe Carolina moved on as well. We, we just don't know uh, where that's at yet. Yeah, you know, it, it might ultimately come out, but we don't know that right now. So we're going to have to wait and see, and then we'll find out. Well, friends, that wraps up this championship edition of the Monday show of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for being here. Coming up this week, it's going to be another wonderful week on the show. Let me give you some little teaser material. Coach Pat Kilby and I are going to introduce you to Jalen Washington. I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, but we're going to break his game down and look at what you can be expecting. Coming up on Thursday's show, John Garcia Jr. will talk some more recruiting. And then Friday, super excited for Friday's show. Why? Special guest interview, none other than BDOT right here on the show. I'm excited for that. Thanks again, as always, for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch of the day. Please go subscribe wherever you listen or watch podcasts. Smash the like button. Leave us a great comment on your thoughts on these championships. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Now let me encourage you to make Locked on NBA Big Boards your second listen of the day. Rafael Barlow and all the guys give you as a fan an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, mock drafts, and all the big boards. So follow Locked on NBA Big Boards every day on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending your Memorial Day hanging out with me, talking Carolina sports, celebrating these championships. Oh, it is a great day to be a target. Until tomorrow. Peace.